We're talking about persistent faith. This is week nine. We're talking about faith that lays hold. God wants you to lay hold of your eternal life. Not just to get saved, but come to the knowledge of the truth. So turn in your Bibles. We're just going to believe God for utterance today. So turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 3, and we're just going to launch off there. On Saturday mornings with the men, we're going through the book of Ephesians, and, and it's really an amazing book. It's a letter that was to be circulated to all the churches, so it's like it was written to us. The theme of this book is the church. So the first three chapters of this book tell you who you are in Christ. We're going to talk about not only who we are in Christ, we'll finish that up, and then now verse, chapters 4 through 6 tells us what we are to do since we are who we are in Christ. So it's real interesting. Persistent faith. Guys, it's time for the church to rise up and walk in the faith of God consistently and persistently. It says in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, it says, This know also that in the last days, this means, this word last in the Greek means final days. Now you know when the final days started was 2,000 years ago. When Jesus came out of the grave, that's when it started. When the church was born, that began the final days. So right now, we are in the final minutes. Jesus is coming back. Soon. Soon. But it said this, this, this know also, that in these final days, perilous times shall come. So if, if he's saying they shall come 2,000 years ago, I'm here to tell you that perilous days are here right now. We're living in these days, right? And, and so this word perilous is real interesting. It means difficult and dangerous days that are designed to weaken you, to reduce your strength. So the whole world system, the things that are going on in the world, some, some dangerous, some difficult Here's a big difficulty. We think of difficult as just, man, you know, this is just so hard, I got to do this, but how am I ever? No, here's a big difficult one. How do I put God's word first and walk in the love of God and walk by the faith of God, live my life willing and obedient to do what his word says so that every door is shut to the enemy, while I have all this technology where now I can't go home from work because my work is always there. Right? I, there's so many distractions, they could become difficult. Right? So it says here, know, know this, you got to know it. In these final days, dangerous and difficult times, strength-reducing times are going to come. Now look at, now there, it's going to explain the outward manifestation. Why, why all this is, what all this is going to look like. What are these dangerous and difficult and strength reducing times going to look like? And when we go through this, you're going to notice 
that this is just not talking about people who don't know God. This is talking about people in the church. It says, for men will be lovers of them, their own selves. Everything is lovers of their own selves. I can't, I, I got too much going on in my life to serve God, to become a viable part of my church. And, and I just, you know, I just have too much going on. Dangerous. That's dangerous. I, I'm so busy that I don't have time to be in the Word. So man, walking in the love of God is hard. Walking in the faith of God, and then I get hurt, and now I'm living out of my flesh, and I'm not willing to forgive, so here I open another door to the enemy. And then I'm not honoring God in my life, so I'm not a viable part of my church. So it's literally impossible for me to prosper because the only example to go in and obtain my inheritance, they went in with their company. What are you saying, Pastor? If I'm not willing to vacuum a rug in the church and usher, my business might not be as well off? Yeah. No, actually, I didn't say that. The Word says that. What do you, what do you mean? So, so it goes on here. It says they'll be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. The Bible says, not see, my kids are to honor and they used to to obey me. They don't have to obey me anymore because they're grown. They're on their own, right? But they still have to honor me if they want to live long on the earth. That's, this is huge. Satan would love to shorten somebody's life. But you don't understand. My parents are stupid. My parents abuse me. Doesn't, doesn't say anything about that. Right? So let's go on here. Disobedient to parents. Unthankful. Oh my gosh. Have you ever had somebody that you've poured your life into and they just leave? They just, they, and they, they don't talk to you anymore. They just leave. You, you loan them money and, and all of a sudden they're just gone. Unthankful. See, if you're unthankful... If you're unthankful for the job that you have, if you're unthankful for the things in your natural life, it is a reflection that you're not living a life of thankfulness to him. And that's dangerous because if you look at Romans chapter 1, where man went off is they chose not to glorify God as God. Why? Because they wanted to be God. And... And what happened? And they weren't thankful. This is Romans 1. And they, become, they became vain in their imaginations. Well, that leads you down a wrong path. Unthankful. Oh, pastor, I'm so glad I came to church today. Could you start to be a little bit more positive? No, I'm being positive today. <laughs> Unholy, without natural affection. You go to church, and the person sitting next to you is dying of cancer and you don't care because you have things you got to do. Church gets out and it's like mice scattering. I'm so glad here, man. Right? We have to tell our staff, don't, don't turn out the lights. People are still here. We're staying until they want to leave. And the longer they want to stay, the better. Community. 
without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers. False accusers. That sounds a little bit like a gossip, but we don't need to go there because none of us, you know, we don't deal with that ever. Incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Pastor, I hate you. You preach this faith stuff. You're one of these name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, confess it, possess it. You're an idiot. You think God says that all of his promises are yes and amen and that he always answers prayer? Yeah. Now they're despising good, but I'm like going, man, I like you. You're, you're speaking really well about me. Right? Look at this. Traitors. Heady. Traitors. Here's what traitors look like bring another, another wife over and go, man, my husband is out to lunch. I am so sick and tired of a traitor. Traitor. Right? And husbands, oh man, my wife. You know, I just never do anything right and I wish she would do this and she never honors. Traitor. Traitor. Right? Heady. 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 Okay. So I've got to make my 3,000 confessions today. Father, I pray that the nerve in my pinky is, is, is operates well. And, and uh, I pray that my fourth eyelash on my right eye would straighten out. And Father, I thank you that this weird taste bud on my tongue is healed. Micromanaging your faith. And Father, I pray for my pancreas because I've spent nine hours, not in the Word, but on the Internet, studying about the pancreas. And Father, I pray that this one enzyme would... would heady. Heady. High-minded. High, here's a good one. High-minded. Pastor, can you hurry up? Come on. If you want your church to grow, you've got to preach for 20 minutes. Never talk about the blood of Jesus. Don't ever mention hell. And hurry up, because i got places to go. I'm relying completely on my own intellect. That's what that means. I, I, my ability, man, I've got it together. If anybody's there today, if you act like that right now, you're going, yeah, I act like that, but man, I know I don't have it together. Listen, I couldn't have brushed my teeth, wouldn't have even wanted to this morning if it wasn't for the grace of God. Keeps you in the right place. It says here, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Wow. Don't even have to explain that one. Having a form of godliness. Oh, we call it a church, but we don't allow the Holy Spirit to move. And oh, don't mention the baptism of the Holy Spirit, because people could leave your church and oh, that, that tongue's. And, and, you know, if we want to move in the gifts, we need to pray and fast for 25 years and then mail in a request to the pastor and, and then we will wait until the board meets and we'll discuss it and then we'll let the Holy Spirit move. Wow. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. If you have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, being made, made known today, Power, you're walking in a very low measure of power because he is power. And you need it. See, in the American Christian church, man, why am I getting off on all this? In the American Christian church, we 
We get saved. We want to do that because, man, you know, fire insurance, I don't want to go to hell. But don't, pastor, don't you tell me how to live. And don't even, don't even, pre, don't even say that scripture because it'll make me mad and I'll leave. Right? And, and I would get water baptized even though it's a command of the Lord, but I just, you know, that's not my personality. I just don't want people looking at me. It's not optional. Baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, that's just a little strange. Not optional. Not according to the Bible. You know the early church, every one of them were tongue talkers. Amen, pastor, I love you. I Just keep telling them I love my pastor and you'll be okay. It's all good. No, I know I'm preaching to the choir. It says, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Here's the last thing. Look at this. Ever learning, ever learning. I've got my German Bible cover. I've got the Kenneth Hagin Legacy Edition Bible. Color coordinated. Faith scriptures are this color and gray scriptures are this color. And I have ever, I've, got, I've got 500 gig of teaching on every series on faith and love. I mean, ever learning, man. I know, I could, I could finish your scriptures, Pastor, when you're, when you're preaching, but never coming to the knowledge, the full discernment of the truth. That means, that means you hear the word, and because you're, you're not willing to submit your life to the word, you're just, you think you're hearing, but you're just listening. So faith never comes so that you could become fully persuaded and the dots connect. Because for you to be, here, here it is, I'm a listener. If, my, if I'm here and the word's here, I'm a listener, I'm a listener, I'm a listener, now I'm hearing the word. Come on. If it's first place. And I'm not talking about just people sitting out there. I'm talking about tons of people that are up here. Right. Hey, I studied. I'm a Rhema grad. I know everything. <laughs> okay. Right? I know this, the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. So I have to utterly rely. Like, like today, you have to utterly rely on the Lord. I mean, wasn't the worship anointed? But guess what? They're all musically great, but if there was no anointing, we'd be like, okay, that was cool. But instead, you could feel there's a residue of the presence of God. There's an anointing to lift burdens and destroy yokes of bondage. Ever learning, but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. Go over to chapter 4. This is why Paul told Timothy, I charge you therefore, verse 1, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and in his, king, or, and his kingdom. Verse 2, preach the word when? In, be instant in season and out of season. Re, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Why? For in the last days perilous times shall come. Look at this. For the time will come. Guess what? The time is here. When they will not endure sound doctrine. You know the number one reason why people leave churches that preach the word? Number one reason. Now, they might think it's a fence and they don't like this or they don't like the color of the pews. No, it's not really that. You have to endure sound doctrine. You have to endure it. I'm telling you, when your life's submitted to the Lord, you're like, bring it. 
correct me. I don't want to be wrong. I don't want to live in death. I want to please you. But you have to endure sound doctrine. That's why we're going to preach the word here. And we're going to, and, and if you'll notice, doesn't the word always build you up? Even as we're reading it, you're like, I'm being built up. I'm being encouraged. You know, I'm, these are perilous times, but I'm going to live in victory because he loves me. This is what's so good about this. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust, they shall heap up to themselves teachers having itching ears. They heap them up on Roku and Apple TV and BVOVN. Because it's awesome to sit in your living room and have this teacher teach you some things, and there's no accountability. So you can just go, wow, praise God. And you wonder why you never get anywhere. But oh, if you'll submit your life to him, you could use these wonderful tools everywhere and grow incredibly. I know I do. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth. And they shall be turned unto internet stories that bring no life. Oh, I'm sorry, that's fables, King James says. Same thing, right? So now let's go back to 1 Timothy well, actually, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, you don't have to turn there, in verse 12, we said this last week. So Paul told Timothy, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. And if you go down here in 2 Timothy 4, where we are, and look at verse 7, this is Paul at the end of his life. This is what it looks like when you fight the good fight of faith and lay hold of your healing and lay hold of prosperity and get free from depression and walk free from your past. I have fought the good fight, verse 7. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. That's what we do. And we do it together. We are the body of Christ. Yes. We're not bodies of Christ. We're the body of Christ. Right? So we're all one. And we get these things together. So if you want to do things by yourself and for yourself... Knock yourself out, but you'll miss the plan of God and your life is a vapor. It goes this fast. Ephesians 6. Finally, my brethren, you be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Right? It goes on to say in verse 12, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. My opposition is never a person. It's what's behind people. It's what's behind circumstances. I could love the person, but I got to deal with the thing behind it. That's Satan. We don't wrestle against people, flesh and blood, but we do wrestle. This, this phrase in the Greek, for we wrestle, it literally means every person, every Christian will wrestle. And this, is a, this, this isn't like WWF wrestling. This is to the death with no rules. They would have known what that meant. And who do we wrestle against? All of a sudden, Paul starts using military terms. Principalities. That Greek word would be the equivalent militarily. This is, this is laying out Satan's hierarchy. He is committed. John, remember those three words he told me yesterday. He's committed. Satan's committed to killing you, to stealing from you, to destroying you. Now the problem is he has no power over you. 
So he's got to deceive you, and he's got a whole hierarchy of military to do it. The principalities, right, and well, not only committed, let's just say this, he's also very organized, and he's very disciplined. Guys, work, sickness, disease, and poverty and lack I declare in the name of Jesus, is eradicated from our church. People are going to come to our church because they're like, man, everybody I've ever met from your church is prospering. Everybody I've ever met that was sick, they got healed. Why? Because God's doing it. Because as persistent and as committed, as, as disciplined, as organized as he is, he's still nothing. He's far under my feet. But here, if I can't even discipline my flesh to obey the word, I mean, look at this. I wonder if somebody is supposed to be here this morning that just woke up and said, gosh, I'm just too tired to come to church today. Because I'm an American Christian, so I only go to church about 1.5 times a month, which if you want to do a mathematical equation, that equals they are never in the word. So they're walking by sight, they're living out of their flesh and their life is a mess even though they might look really nice on the outside. Right? right? So here's the thing though. We have been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. We have been given weapons of our warfare. They're not fleshly. They're mighty through God to pull down strongholds, to deal with these powers because these powers are all under our feet, far under our feet. Satan's defeated, but we have to be committed. We're not even committed to come to church, to read our Bible, not even to walk in love, let alone to stand and lay hold of healing. Come on, preach it. Because if you look at principalities, that would be the equivalent. These are, these are strong rulers that sit above the satanic hierarchy as generals. And they have, they have a plan coming from their chief executive officer, Satan, on how to kill you and how to steal from you. And they've taken notes on your great-grandfather and your grandfather and your dad and now you. And they're coming. And they'll never stop unless you choose as a Christian right. to say right. no more. That's right. That's right. And it's in you to say no more. It's in you. Man, when you encounter the enemy, you should laugh at him. Come on, don't hold just back. like Jesus did. Get in his face. Don't just tell him to get out of your life. Say, you foul, stinky, dirty, defeated, loser. Get out of my life. Right? That's what Jesus did. You foul, unclean spirit. Right? John and I were talking about that yesterday. He's dissing on him because he knows who he is. And I'm telling you, if you'll look down in your heart, you know who you are. And it'll rise up. Principalities. And we have powers. That Greek word would be the equivalent. Now, I don't know military rankings. We have some colonels and lieutenant colonels. It would be the equivalent of, of like a higher officers that are commissioned, literally, Greek language, to do whatever they want, whenever they want, to bring to pass what, what Satan's goal is in your life to steal, kill, and destroy, and study those words. He wants to hold you up and say, see, God doesn't exist. And we say, we're going to hold him up and see, say, Satan's defeated and God is good. We're going to hold up Jesus. 
and show the world that he's good. Right? Rulers of the darkness of this world. Spiritual wickedness in high places. That's the air under the mountains. That's this atmosphere. This talks about trained demonic spirits that are trained to do one thing. There's a spirit that's trained to do one thing, and that's to kill a human body with cancer. There's another spirit that is trained to kill a human body with diabetes, MS, leukemia, you name it. Trained, very specialized. And what they do is they'll go into an individual life and they will stay there until that person is dead. And when that person's dead, they'll go and attach themselves to another person. It's the way it is. And it's not like if this is going to happen, it's going to happen to everybody. So this is what we do. We keep these doors shut and we serve God and we stand in our authority. And when that thing comes, we go, come on. Take your best shot, because I know who you are. You're already defeated. Cancer will not live in my body. The sickness and disease that you've attached to me, you have to, get, you have to leave, and I'll never stop. Why? Because through faith and patience, endurance, oh, you think you're committed? Matt, my spirit, hooked up with the Holy Spirit, who's one with him, I'm committed. So I want to encourage you, today is designed, it's persistent faith. It's not having a faith event. Oh my gosh, I'm in trouble. Let me go get in the word. No, no, no. It's being so full of the word that you know. You've already seen the storms coming and when it comes, you kick it in its mouth. Knock all of its teeth out and then you stay there and laugh at it until it leaves. And you're not moved by if your body's hurting. You're not moved by uh, symptoms. I don't allow people in my life that are going to talk doubt, unbelief, all this, there's no way, I'm not listening to that nonsense. You could believe it if you want to, but you won't have my ear, right? Because I don't want to die. You think Satan wants me to preach healing? Satan would love to hold me up. Look at this. See, that healing stuff's not right. He died. Guess what? Can't happen. I will not let that happen. And here's the cool thing. All I have to do is be willing to not let that happen and to be obedient and God will see to it that it won't happen. It's time that we rise up. Rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places, principalities, powers, wimps compared to Jesus. He took the keys of death and hell. He gave us authority in his name. And the Bible says, if you'll submit yourself to God, ooh, we don't like to hear that in church. Come on. But if you'll do that, then you're in a position to resist the devil. And it says he flees from you as in terror. You got this warrior demon spirit coming in going, man, I'm going to take him out. And then all of a sudden, he walks into your life and he sees the armor of God. And he's like, uh, I don't want to deal with him. I saw what he did to, to my master, Satan. Right? And then, oh my gosh, that is God because he's speaking just like God. And there's an anointing coming out of him that's, that's God's anointing. And the life that's coming out of him is the life of God. Oh my gosh, I got to get out of here. You almost feel like saying, no, no, you got to stay just a little bit. Let me put you down a little bit more. That's why the Bible says, don't let your anger go down, on, go, sun, the sun go down on your anger. That is not a marriage verse. You're not supposed to ever be mad at your spouse. 
But you're never to stop hating and being mad at Satan. I can't stand what he does to bodies, what he does to people. Right? As we're sitting here, guys, I told the guys this Saturday, as we're sitting here, we've been here about an hour and 16 minutes. This is like an airport. About 155,000 people an hour die and depart from this world. They don't, they don't cease to exist. They depart. So they either go to heaven or they go into the center of the earth into a place called hell. And they're still alive and they always will be. And they'll be incarcerated in hell until they're released to stand before the great white judgment seat of Christ or of God and they're going to be judged and then the second death they're cast into the lake of fire forever. 155,000. 300,000 people in an hour are born in. They arrive. So there's almost double arriving that are departing. This is why we're going to see the greatest revival we've ever seen in the earth. And, you, and you're a part of it. But we got to stop playing church. Got to stop playing church. And I'm not saying you're playing church. Only you could answer that question. To be honest with you, I'm working out my own salvation. I'm not even looking at that. So go to Hebrews chapter 4. I've been wanting to get here for nine weeks. Man, we actually are here. I'm like, Lord, can we go there? Yes. Hebrews chapter 4, because this is the big thing. Faith is a rest. It's a rest. We've been talking about for four weeks that faith is a rest. It's where you cease from your own works, and now you're only working out what God is working in. So I do and say what he says. And how do I do that? Well, I meditate in the word day and night, and his word, it becomes, I'm, I meditate in it. I'm constantly mixing the word with faith. And what happens is the word of God becomes a lamp to my feet. It tells me exactly where I'm at. There's no confusion. And it becomes a light to my path. It tells me my next step. And my path as a righteous man of God grows brighter and brighter to the full day. So that revelation, that light keeps getting turned up. So now the enemy, and see I have the whole armor of God that I may stand against the wiles of the devil. That's stand face to face with the devil. He can never sneak up on me and take me out. The enemy, the, the enemy, he tries to do that, but as I follow God, if he's coming over here, I'll turn this way and I'll be in his face with the word. It is written, it is written, it is written, it is written. And I'll never stop. And my life is submitted to God. Don't let unforgiveness keep you from walking in this freedom. Don't let any disobedient act, if, if you're doing something right now, secret sin, sins of omission, sins of commission, you know it, make the change. Because, listen, it's life and death, right? I'm telling you that because I love you. I'm not your pastor to be popular. I'm your pastor to help you, to equip you to go do the ministry that God's called you to do. So it says here in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1, it says, let us therefore fear. Now that's real vague, really, really vague in the King James Version. This word fear literally means to be cautious, 
to be aware and to be diligent. It literally would read, let us therefore be cautious, be very aware and be diligent, lest the promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to fall short of it. See, we have to be diligent to meditate in the word, to put it first, cautious and aware. Otherwise, these promises that God's given us won't do us any good. Does that make sense? And they got to do us good, guys, because the world has to see. I mean, you know what? In a worst case for a Christian, you die of sickness and disease, okay. You leave the planet a little bit early. At the end of the day, you're okay. You're in the presence of God, fullness of joy. There's a purpose for you in eternity. It's all good, but there's so much more. Maybe there's some people that you could have reached that now are going to have to be reached another way, Right? So we don't want to leave early. It says, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. Now this whole passage is talking about the children of Israel. We've talked about this before. It's talking about the children of Israel, that first generation that never entered in. They died in the wilderness because they refused to believe God. They believed their circumstances and they wanted to live for themselves. So it says here, for unto us was the gospel preached. I'm preaching the gospel. The gospel, it is that word gospel, and I've said this before, it's a Greek word that was not used very much in Paul's day. It meant news that is so good, it's too good to be true. That's what what the gospel is. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the gospel, same, I'm saying the same thing, of the finished work of Christ. Or you could say this like Paul did. It's the gospel of grace. The finished work of Christ. The gospel, the good news. It's too good to be true because, man, all I had to do to be made righteous, to become an heir to everything, was simply just believe God. That's amazing to me. It says, but the word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. They didn't mix faith. So what they did is they walked around in the wilderness and they spoke their circumstances instead of speaking what God said. I've already given you this land. It's a a wonderful land. The battle's mine, the victory's yours. That's the only reason why they didn't enter in. For we which have believed do enter into rest. Your trust in God is expressed in rest. Your belief, when you believe the word of God, you can now enter the rest of God. What that means is you'll stop trying to figure it out, you'll stop trying to do it on your own, and you'll just simply enter in and let, by his stripes I'm healed. And I'm not moving from that. He meets all of my needs. Well, how's that going to happen? I don't care. I just, just you hide and watch. All my needs will be met in a, in a glorious way. That's, you enter into rest. But if you choose not to believe, and, and, and remember, believing's a choice. It's just a choice. It's not a feeling. When you walk, when you walk by faith, it'll produce feelings, but it's not a feeling. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I've sworn in my wrath, that they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. See, and we said this rest, 
We're not talking about resting from activity. We're talking about resting in activity. As you go to work tomorrow and you walk in the rest of God, you'll be so much more productive because you won't be worrying. You won't be fretting. You'll be in faith and the Holy Spirit can lead you to do in, in three hours what you can get done in eight hours. He wants to help us. He's our helper. This is a huge thing. So hold your finger here. I've been saying this, ceasing from your own works. I want you to go to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, we're going to look at the end of verse 12. See, how can I judge my belief, whether or not I'm believing? This is how you'll know if you're believing right. If you're believing right, you will be at rest. You'll, you won't be trying to figure it out. You'll be taking thoughts captive. because See, here's the thing. We're all, as Christians, we're looking for this place of nirvana. This place, well, you know, pastor, you just walk in this place and where nothing bothers you. And Who are you talking to? No, 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 no. No, I live at rest constantly beating my flesh black and blue to not give into it. And if I ever give into it, I jump right back out of it. Right? This is, this is the thing. Don't, don't feelings, emotions, all that stuff, you got to tell that to come in line. And as you keep walking, they'll come in line. But you're always going to have to deal with your flesh. I mean, I'm telling you, Paul wrote the epistle of joy in the Mamertine prison, the worst prison in the world. He called it light affliction. But I'll tell you, while he was in there, man, the enemy's on his shoulder. Here you are serving God. You had this nice life as a Pharisee. Now look at, look, look at where all this has got you. Come on. How would you like to be beaten with rods on your feet? Right? I mean, he's beaten shipwrecked he how would you like to float around in a sea for 24 hours hope you could tread water really well unless it's the dead sea that'd be a little easier because it's so salty you can't you can't sink but in another thing man you're looking for something to hang on to because it's 24 hours right i wonder if he ever had a problem never forget that you'll know you're at rest if you're believing right Amen? Believing causes you to enter into rest. So let me look at this here again. Where did I tell you to go? Philippians. Did you find, did you find it yet? Philippians chapter 2. It says at the end of this verse, in verse 12, work out your own salvation. Thank God. Give yourself a break. Don't work out my salvation as a pastor. Give yourself a break. Don't work out your wife's or your husband's salvation. Don't work out your boss at work or your coworker's salvation. Just work out your salvation. Let God deal with everybody else. Right? That is, that's awesome. I wor I'm to work out my own salvation. You are too. Why? For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Never forget that. So let's go back to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4 Never forget this, the highest level of faith is rest. Because at this highest level of faith, 
When you are resting, you are fully persuaded it's already done. All that's left to do is worship. So as you walk in, as you walk in rest, your life should be a life of worship in your personal life, thanking him for everything, thanking him. Father, I thank you that whatever problem you're facing right now, whatever storm you're in, I thank you that it's already done. I already have the victory. I, I, I'm not afraid of this because it's already done. He always causes me to triumph. And I walk around and I praise him and I thank him, right? That's how I live. That's the highest, the highest level of faith. Verse 6 of Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 6. Seeing therefore it remain, it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Unbelief. So as we know that my belief determines my rest... It says they were not in, they were not, this is talking about the children of Israel, they couldn't enter in because of unbelief. And here's what the word unbelief means. It's not just a casual I don't believe. It's this word in the Greek means I'm unpersuadable, God. I don't care what you say. I don't care what your word says. I am upset and I'm hurting and I'm going to bask in that. I'm not, I'm, I don't care what your word says. I'm going to say, I don't see it, so I don't believe it. It's, it's an unpersuadableness. That word also means a rebellious disobedience. It also, when you study this word, it, it'll, sometimes it'll even say it where it says uh, an unbelief in departing from the living God. So if Teresa is God, let's say since the Holy Spirit's on the earth, let's just say they're sitting in heaven, right? So, well, then I guess that would make Carissa God, and then Jesus is sitting at her right hand. Are you okay? Well, you guys have to work that out later, right? So let's just, let's just say they're God. So, so here I am. If I'm in faith, I'm drawing close to them with a heart and full assurance of faith. But if I choose to give into the circumstances and not believe them, I have a, I have a, I'm in rebellious disobedience, I'm unpersuadable, and I'm departing away from them. If I believe them, I'm going towards them. If I don't, I'm departing away from them. Our whole life is like that. So the Bible says, don't, don't, don't be like that. Don't have an evil heart of unbelief that departs from the living God. Because why? Listen, he still loves me. I'm still his child. I'm still in relationship with him. But fellowship is broken because I'm moving away. And he can't pull me back because he'd have to violate my will and he won't do that. God will let you waste your whole life if you want, That's right. but he doesn't want you to. Have you ever made a wrong decision in your life? Yes. And, and has God ever jumped in there and says, oh, no, you don't. Come on. You're not do I'm not going to let you do that. Right. You're trying to lie. You know, you're, you're a little kid. You got the cookies all over your mouth. Your parents ask you, did you get in the cookies? You're like, and, and you can't lie. God kept you from it. Uh, no. <laughs> right? You're like, yes, you can't lie. No, it's not like that. If you didn't want to come to church today, you wouldn't have had to. If you don't want to walk by faith, you don't have to. But oh, how God wants you to and how important it is because this is a life and death. We're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, guys. And God wants you to have life and have it more abundantly. And he'll see to it that you do. 
You See, he's your shield. He's your buckler. He's your in. He's your place of refuge. Satan can't get to you. Hallelujah. Seeing therefore it remains that some must enter therein. And then it says they couldn't enter in because of unbelief. Wow. Look at verse 9. There remaineth therefore a rest for the people of God. There remaineth a rest for the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. Now the Lord laid this out to me, and I want to I say this to you the way I have it written in my Bible. If fear, which is expressed in doubt, questioning, is present. See, so many times you're in fear, but you don't know. You're just questioning or you're doubting something but it's really a form of fear if that's present unbelief will always manifest and it'll take away your rest meditating in god's word will always always cause you to overcome unbelief if you're departing from God, if you'll just meditate in his word, pretty soon you'll be, the light will come on and then you'll be like, oh yeah, I do, I do love him. I do trust him. So don't try to do it in your own strength. No, you'll never make it. Just do it in his strength. Let the word do it, right? Meditating in the word of God, meditating in the word of God always overcomes unbelief. I meditate, now here's how it works. This is what the Lord shared with me years ago it's helped me so much i meditate on god's word until god's word on the inside of me eclipses the fear that is on the outside of me because of the circumstances when that happens god's peace rules in my heart and i enter into rest okay that's the way it works this is, this is what we do here. This is, this is this, the why, right? So let me say this again. I meditate on God's word until God's word on the inside of me, the revelation and everything of it, eclipses the fear coming from circumstances or whatever on the outside. This enables the peace of God to rule in my heart so that I can enter rest. And that's where I walk and all hell's breaking loose and I'm, a, I'm asleep on the ship. My, I, I, I tell my body to calm down. I'm in faith and I'm positioned to receive everything that God has for me. Everything. Everything. So this is literally how it works, guys. Hallelujah. I hope that helps you a little bit. Let us labor, it says now, verse 11, let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. So you have to labor to enter into the rest. How do I labor? I meditate in his word day and night. So that all of a sudden, the word of God builds an image of me 
that's true and walking in all the, all the blessing of God and, and walking as I'm supposed to walk and then now I'm believing his word in my heart and I'm speaking it out of my mouth and now God is on the scene changing things. And so now what I see on the inside eclipses what's happening on the outside and the peace of God is ruling. It's mounting guard over my heart and my mind and now I'm able to enter into the rest and cease don't you get tired of the work? Don't you get tired of just trying to, I'm, I'm tired of just working and trying to make enough money to live. To get ahead, you don't, to get ahead, you got to give. <laughs> Which makes no sense. Because if I, if I need $500 and I have, and I, and I have $500, it makes no sense for me to give God $300, right? But if in the kingdom, if you want to be first, you got to be last. If you want to live, you got to die, right? You want to be a leader in the kingdom of God, you got to serve people. I love that. I just love that. Look at, go back to chapter 3, verse 12. Chapter 3, verse 12 says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in you in any of you, an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. That's what we've been talking about, isn't it? Look at verse 19. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Do you, so do you get a good picture of this? So you're going to meditate. You know, actually, let's go to Joshua 1.8 because I want to show you a picture of this real quick. We're kind of coming down the road here to close. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. In Joshua 1, 8, it says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. That means you'll be talking about God's word all the time. But you shall meditate therein day and night that you may observe to do all that's written therein. So as you meditate in the word day and night, you'll start observing yourself doing it. That's what we're talking about. It will eclipse what's going on on the outside as you meditate in the word day and night. It says, for then you'll make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. It looks like this. You don't have to turn there. I'm just going to go here real quick. Hebrews chapter 10 this is why it says, in Hebrews chapter 10, it says, let us hold fast, in verse 23, to the profession of our faith without wavering. Why? Because he's faithful. See, I don't let go of the word of God because I know he's faithful. He'll never, ever, ever let me down. Isn't that awesome? So let's close with this. I want you guys to turn to Matthew chapter 11. Look at verse 27. Now look at what Jesus is saying here. He says in, in Matthew eleven twenty seven, 27, he says, all things are delivered unto me. How are they delivered unto you, Jesus? All things are delivered unto me of my Father. And no man knows the Son but the Father. Neither knows any man the Father save the Son and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Aren't you glad that Jesus has revealed your Father to you? You know Him. You're in Him and He's in you. 
His eyes are upon you all the time. His ears are open to you. His spirit is wooing you all the time. And then it says this. Look at what Jesus says. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor. That means every one of you that's toiling, come to me. That's what that word labor means. Every one of you. And are heavy laden. What does that mean? All of you who are toiling and who are overburdened, that means there's burdens in your life that you can't, that's too big for you. Jesus is saying to you, come to me. All ye who labor and are heavy laden. And what's he going to do? And I will give you rest. See, we've been saying that because who is Jesus? He is the word of God. His eternal name is the word of God. As you meditate in the word of God day and night, you don't try to work it out on your own. Forget that. Let him work it out. All those cares that you have, they're not your cares because you're his. So they're his. You mess things up financially, take all those bills and hold them up to God and go, hey, Father, you have mail. I've really messed this up. And if you'll give them to him, he'll pay them. You know, I've heard crazy stuff like, you know, you step out and do something on your own. Now, it sounds real good. You step out and you do something on your own and it's not God's idea. God will make you pay for it. No, the enemy will make you pay for it. But if you come to yourself and repent and humble yourself and roll that and give that care to God, God will pay for it. He'll clean up all your messes. Why? Because he loves you. Come unto me, all ye that, are la that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. I'll give you my word that you can meditate in my word. The Holy Spirit of God will bring revelation and what's on the inside will eclipse what's on the outside and you will experience this peace as you enter into rest where you're fully persuaded that this thing is already done. A doctor doesn't have to tell me I'm cancer-free. I already know I'm healed. A doctor doesn't have to show me a picture. I've already seen the picture. I believe the report. Therefore, the manifest power of God, I'll see it. This is what he's talking about. He says, take my yoke upon you. A rabbi's yoke was his doctrine. Take my doctrine, take my word upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. That means my word, it's gentle. It's easy to use. It's easy to use when you're at rest because you simply believe it and speak it. So many believers are speaking it, trying to figure out if it's working or if it's going to work or how's it going to work. Relax. Let the word do it. God loves you. You could put your whole life into his hand and live. He'll take care of you. You might have had in your life parents that didn't take care of you, friends that didn't take care of you, spouses that didn't take care of you, don't let that define and keep you from trusting him because he'll never let you down. For my yoke is easy and my burden, it's so light. 
He carries, you roll that care off of yourself and you give it to Jesus. And now you're in a position where he can take care of that care. Because if you're trying to work it out, he can't because he'd have to violate your will and he can't do that because he's given you a will.